clubsandbarsSF.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Welcome to the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. It is Wednesday. It is high noon. We're about to get a little higher by smoking some of this great stuff. Oh, she's here. I'm so excited. So excited. She made it. It's Latoya. You look great. What? You are wearing an out. Look at you. got a fit on today, girl. You look fit and you've got an outfit. Double entendre about looking good. I'm worried about Mike too. Uh, you might want to switch to three or four just because things would be crazy in here. Uh, I'm so glad you're here and on time and it's great because, you know, I have no idea what's going on in the world. I just looked up Huffington Post and I'm like, should California really be three states? Voters get to decide in December. We really do? I'm like, they want to do that? They do this every year. They do this every year. I I mean, I had no idea that this has been a choice in the past. I I think that it it shouldn't be three states. It should be one big country, not part of the United States. I say we make Johnny Depp our president. And uh, we push, we get all the uh, really strong ex-convicts that we've let out of jail because we we legalize weed. And we um, we push, we get them to be on the border of Nevada. And we just push away. We create a moat, you see. And, and then Johnny Depp is our president uh, because he's a pirate. And he leads all the new ships to, to go on the moat between us and the rest of... Um, you know, the United States, we're California now. We're just, that's all we, that's all um, we need to do is just be my California. My boyfriend told me about how, uh, a long time ago when I first moved here, about how there's these crazy rich guys in Silicon Valley who've been trying to, and in Southern California, who've been trying to um, divide California up in sections. So you know what that means, right? So it means the rich people. So it's got to be something with rich people. You know what it so northern <laughs> exactly yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got it. You got it. So central will be the other part of California, which is more working class, a little bit more poor. Right. The then, farmers. Exactly. Sure. Then we have northern California, which is us, which is where, you know, the loot is as well as southern California, which is Tech. media Hollywood. Right, right, right. So that leaves Central California ass out. Ass out. Ass out. Like yeah. that's people like Fresno, Bakersfield. You know. But they've got all the food. The, yeah. Well, you would think, but it's such a stupid fucking. But we're idea. not going to give them any water. That'll be the problem. <sighs> we'll be like, oh, we need water for. I need to have a fourth baby, even though I had three ugly triplets. <laughs> I'd like to have a baby that's good looking, and then you have another baby, and you're like, well, they don't drink water. They drink apple juice, but water. You can't make apple juice without water dummies. They they also say they used the water thing uh, a couple years ago when we were 
in our nasty drought, which we still are, but not as bad. Um, they use that as an excuse to, for reasons why we should separate North Central and Southern California, which it's like, first of all, this is just some rich, rich white dude's wet dream. And the fact of the matter is like these areas, and specifically Northern and Southern California, these are places that are very high in rent. You can barely afford to, you know, own anything. Right, Most right people, I mean, crazy. if you are going to be working class, you're and you have, you know, a family. You, you, most likely, you are if you want, and you want to buy a property, you're going to probably have to go to Central California. So this is what they're doing. This is this is actually pretty crazy. So <laughs> Northern California is like Northern California, and it splits off right before Monterey. And then it splits down a little bit above Fresno. We still have Modesto, so don't worry. Uh, but then Southern California is basically the biggest parts are Fresno, Bakersfield, Riverside, and San Diego. California, California is from Monterey to Los Angeles. So they're separating from San Diego saying, you guys are dirty Mexicans now. And uh, we're going to be... It, 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 I think they're trying to... They're trying to monetize it. So Northern California is all of the tech and they have money from that. Southern California is all of the food. And that's why they included that. But no, it's, it's San Diego, but not Los Angeles. But California, California is all the money from uh, entertainment industry. Right. So they've, they've said, these are the three biggest things that people are making money off of in California. Let's give each of them a thing. They've changed that map. This is a new map because they, they had a different map from a couple years ago. If you, I think it was in 2015 or 16, um, when this, con this, um, concept came up again, um, of how they wanted to, uh, uh, divide California. So this is a new modern map of, you know how to divide california fuck you no i don't believe in dividing california and i don't believe when people talk about succeeding from the united states Th that's this horse is interesting. Shit. the plan would create three differently sized regions but all would have roughly the same population and while california currently has two u.s senators the new block of three californias would have six no but we're not if we were all separate states would we be buddies like, is it just a ploy to get more rep? Is it a ploy to get more um, representatives in in federal government? That's a possibility. I I need to read this article. I haven't read it. Um, oh, it's not. So. It's really short, and it's not. They don't really tell us anything. Okay. Um, so. This is the third time Draper has attempted to split up the state. He That's bankrolled that effort. Face. Yeah, in yeah. 2012 and 2014, See? to divide the region into six different Californias, spending around five million in his most recent endeavor. So he's spending big bucks. He's he. Could, he's He's wasting fucking money. Right. That's how much money this asshole has yeah. to waste money every for what is that? Pat three tries. Right, right, right. Yeah. Three tries. This R measure would cost taxpayers billions of dollars to pay for the massive transactional <laughs> costs of breaking up the state. Yes. Whether it be universities, parks, or retirement mm -hmm. systems. Oh my God! Exactly. UC schools. I mean, even Fresno has a UC, right? Like right, UC yeah. Fresno. Or it's a, still a great school. Well, there. I mean, UC schools are all good schools. UC Davis. This is UC Davis. This, but this is all. This is really crazy because. And the, the article is very short and it doesn't really go into the reasons why and it doesn't go too in depth. So you've got to know that like, maybe that's isn't the best idea. I'm it is definitely not the best idea. No. We should look up his maps that he pulled, he did in 2014 was the one that I remember um, where he divided Central California and then North and Southern California, which 
Cent- uh, Central California is our salad bowl. That's where right, we right, get right, our, right, right. our agriculture. Agriculture, agriculture, excuse me. Yeah, and now, well, and so NorCal's got the weed now, like super weed. Yeah, yeah, and, and what, and that also too. So how does that work too? Since now we're recreational. Yeah, it's how the does, whole state. I guess all three. It states ain't gonna happen. This guy is a kook. He's wasting money yeah. again, his sure. own money when he could be using his money on something. Yeah, buy, little, right, make a school, dude. Build exactly. Build a school. Build a street. Build I don't know. Street. Fill some potholes. Even buddy. even for your own personal use. Why'd you just buy another fucking airplane yeah. instead of doing? wasting your money and your time on this stupid shit speaking of potholes uh, this is very (laughs) exciting last night at spark they gave me a new pipe which i'm very excited about pretty and i was like spark why would you give me a pipe we're not allowed to smoke here and she said oh no fridays saturdays and sundays from 4 20 till close you can smoke pipes and joints in their vape lounge you don't have to just do the vaporizers you don't have to just use the volcanoes although they're great but they gave me a pipe. I'm like, that's you guys are so pipe. nice. That's better. That's an upgrade from the from the one. weird right that we couldn't let last week. I'm we so glad struggling. I brought this. We struggled all last week. We smoked no pot because we were just trying to clean the pipe here on the fly. There was no. We had no implements. <laughs> and, no. and even the the grime of the inside of the pipe broke the uh, safety pin. Yeah. I mean, it was. I, I don't even we know tried. what to do with that today. I didn't even well, to thank you, Spark. Yeah, Spark is great. Sparking up people's life. I love those guys we had so much fun last night on the sparkcast it's really fun um we talked about bammer weed mecky swag so we bought low shelf but for them low shelf is still top it's still really good uh we got the marigold outdoor grown uh blueberry kush 21 percent thc uh interesting Oh, speaking of, since I haven't seen you since, um, did you go to the parade yesterday? Did no, you? I couldn't make it out. To I worked really hard all day yesterday. I, I wish I could have seen Stephen Curry in person. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, ladies and gentlemen out there in Radio Land, um, just a moment to gloat uh, oh, yeah. about the Golden State Warriors since the Suck last time. Suck LeBron! I did watch. I did. And I have to be honest with you. I actually missed happy hour though i was supposed to be here i'm being honest it's okay i had to watch that was the first time i ever i ever i had to watch the game i totally forgot no no it was that that they actually beat them in four games was awesome and unexpected and made me really happy because i just hopefully well lebron i think is going to the lakers now so don't do it don't do that again remember what you did with the heat don't (laughs) don't leave the lakers stay with the Cavs. as someone that is from the midwest but he knows he can't win that's the thing is yes lebron wants to win who's at who's on the lakers right now well, they're actually they're rebuilding everything. Yeah, but, yeah, and ain't Luke, nobody. Luke Walton, Luke Walton is the coach, and he was the used to be the coach for the or the the assistant coach for the Warriors, and he's the one when they won like seventy eight games in a row or something insane. He was coaching because Steve Kerr was out with his back issues, so he's a great coach, and he's been coaching the Lakers. And yeah, the Lakers are rebuilding, and they are. They're even ta- they. We're, it's going to be interesting. I, is he going to take his talents not to I'm, South Beach, I'm just saying, but to Melrose now? I don't know a lot about <laughs> NBA. But I, I know do this. know about that era. I know that the Lakers are rebuilding and that next year, I think, especially if LeBron goes there, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Fuck that. I will actually really hate LeBron. Listen, okay. 
I'm sorta into sports, but not hardcore. But as someone, like I said, we take, first of all, LeBron is like the the modern day Jordan. Oh, uh-huh, if Jordan uh-huh. ever ever would have thought about stepping out on the Bulls, which is well, like Kobe too. Kobe, yeah. Kobe was, you know, he you don't only step ever out. played on the lake. He only played on the Lakers. Yeah, you don't step out. There's something about home. And then LeBron's actually from Cleveland, so oh. that's another thing. And I don't know if you recall in 2009 or 2010 when he did go took his talents to South Beach. Do you know how many fans turned on him? And especially people in Ohio. Yo, don't do that shit. That is well, a bad fucking move. There's such thing as loyalty. I don't think loyalty. there is. There I, nah, I no. Think, there is loyalty. I mean, I can't imagine if Steph Curry ever played for another team. I'd be like, and who, who did Steve Kerr play for? Oh, well, that's right. He played with Jordan. The Bulls. He was on that great team. He was on that great team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Scotty Pippen. Pippen uh, no Tippin' Pippen. I hate that motherfucker. Scotty Pippen and he fucking knows. Dennis Rodman. Dennis Fuck Rodman was like, he was like Draymond, but like crazier. Like Draymond, he had the BJ passion. Armstrong. Like all those. But he was, I mean, Draymond's not all weird. Like he's got the passion and he loved, but he's not like Dennis Rodman. Weird. Dennis Rodman is a fuckface. Did you see him? He... This is what now. This is yeah, how we've we got this. We're like AltaCast. Yeah, two girls talking about sports. Oh cool. my God, balls! Uh, <laughs> Dennis Rodman was, was on CNN crying because you know he met with Kim Jong Un a couple years ago, what have you. Yeah. And then you know now with uh, 45, you oh, know God. they're giving each other hand jobs. Mm. And Dennis Rodman was. They were interviewing him on CNN. This motherfucker, this coon dancing Uncle Tom. He likes. He likes 45. Bit. He has, uh, of course he does. He has oh. a, a, you know, one of the racist hats. Oh. Uh, Make America Great Again. And he was crying on CNN saying, you know, this is this is like the best time. You know, Obama didn't do this. this is, and what have here's you. the it's, scariest thing happening right now. Fuck, that fuck that, that 45 Obama. is friends with, with, South, with North Korea. With whatever. Right. But no longer friends with Canada? Like I we know. hate Canada now. Like I, know. I don't want to say we because I love Canada. Justin Trudeau I love can get Canadians. It. I they I have, have free a lot of friends who are Canadians. They're really nice people. You know, Toronto's Canadians. The they 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 just used to leave their doors open and stuff. They don't worry about guns or school shoot. I guess they probably have school shootings now too because just no one is immune. But I I love I love Canada. Canada. Like, who fucks with Canada? Why would you fuck with Canada? You gotta be a little soft-ass bitch to, like, really mess with Canada. What has what? What Canada done? Why? And why? Mexico. What's we Mexico me- done? What's Mexico ever done but, like, help us the fuck out? And, Listen, and we, we got an issue with now? the cartels. That's an issue that can be fixed. Oh, but, sure. obviously, yeah. you know, there's too much money into fixing an ass- well, us have, fixing a, the solution with the DEA, well, and the, way the to, Justice Department. The way to but, fix it is to go Portugal on their ass and to legalize all drugs. If it was like Portugal and all drugs were legal and we didn't have to enforce it anymore and it was like... All you enforced was like once people were making bad decisions on drugs, but you can, you know, you can trust adults to 
I mean, right. I guess you can't because yeah. opium is cr- opiates are terrible. Well, but. and that's and thank you for mentioning that because that's another thing that I was going to get into. The fact of the matter is, like you know, opioid the opioid crisis. It, you know, if they could have fi- if they could fix the shit that's going on with the pharmaceutical companies, it could transfer down to fixing the shit with the cartels. Sure. There is that correlation because yeah. you know the reason why people are getting hooked up on hooked up, <laughs> um, hopped up on opioids is because the fact of like pharmaceutical companies and when they run out of the pills the next thing they go to do? heroin yeah, yeah. well because it, it's easier to find on the street or whatever yes. and so it's, who is bringing the heroin up here i, I don't know there, there's a lot of the cartels but it's not just the cartels it's the pharmaceutical companies who are the biggest manufacturer how many times i gotta I say know, this we're crazy about it you know but this is yeah. a solution that could be fixed yeah yeah it, mm. I, mm. We still don't know who our mayor is. No, I've been. I, yeah. I do the new. I was doing the jokes last night for all the folks. Uh, Tuesday's big fun night, and uh, I was talking a lot about. Oh, we don't have a mayor, and, and you know the one fixable, solvable problem in San Francisco being that can we get more in and outs, please? And people really enjoy. Like I can really get people all fired up. It's Josh. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? I got money for you, Daddy. Awesome. Money. Cool stuff. We were just talking about how we don't know who the mayor is we and don't how know who all the is. all the our mommy at this point. I hope it's not London Green. Well, and she's oh thank you so much. Oh my god, awesome. Uh are you are you in and out or you want to sit down and talk for a second? I, guess for a second. I think I think that the most solvable problem in San Francisco that nobody uh, addressed is that there's only one motherfucking in and out. Can we get another In-N-Out in San Francisco, please? You know, you told me that you talked to the district attorneys about this. I have (laughs) actually, since you've told me that story, I've actually told people this less jokingly. I mean, you know, you had your own (laughs) joke and spiel about it. Um, But I 100% agree with you. I work at Pier 39. And the hour lunch break they give me isn't even enough time to get a double animal burger and fries and get back to the boat. Right, no way. There's just there's just no time. I agree. Oh no, you're you're working. It's good. It's good. You're right though. With the I mean, in and out. just to throw. It's just one of those assholes. As as someone, I don't eat that shit. But wouldn't it be a okay? In and out is not shit. I mean, let's not. I'll eat that well, shit. Let's put it on the comparison but, but scale. To, but no, no, but it's the best of the worst. Just listen to what I'm about to say. Now there are a lot of people from different parts of the world and the United States that do come here just for an in and out so why couldn't they just have it on the pier someplace as a tourist spot right exactly that's that, like, that's all I was going to say because people right. like to eat shit so why not have that shit there because so, people travel at the Wolf that. that is perfect at the Wolf that's for all, the German tourists it's so good for them but we should we deserve we deserve an in and out we deserve one uh, eight, next to 850 Bryant where their old McDonald's was. Oh my God, there's a there's an empty um, Burger King now right at 16th and Mission. Why can't that be an In-N-Out? Why can't that be an In-N-Out? Oh, that shit's gone now. They just ripped up the Burger King on 9th and uh, Howard also. Can't, why Why at, can't... Well, the Chevron station that was there. Can't the, oh, really? oh, out of the Chevron. Why we got at the Chevron station? Make and it's in another in Starbucks down though. Well, good. That's good. But <laughs> I'm just saying like... I, I have, a, one in the I have a problem with Starbucks, <laughs> but I don't have a problem with In-N-Out. And because I, I don't know. It is kind of weird. No, I mean, seriously, it is kind of weird that the fact that In-N-Out is like a West Coast California thing. And, and when you want to represent your state, you always have the place that people are lured by. Mm. And the fact of the matter is like they don't even have they only have one attraction like of In-N-Out here in the city. So mm-hmm. that is pretty like. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, it's that's, just. That's, I have found weird. out as well, though, Pam. There is one in Daly City. Yes, there is, but you can't yeah, get there, there via is. Bart. Oh, you really? can't okay. get you can't get it's right by the DMV. You can't get to an in and out. So that's what so then it says that hey, if you don't have a car, you don't you're not good enough and you don't have the opportunity to eat this delicious food. <laughs> I mean, it just makes me sad. I used to get that discrimination on Bayshore from the Jack in a Box, okay? Like <laughs> I a handful exactly of fucking money, the one manager is a total prick. <laughs> and like it's just like, dude, you're literally the only thing serving food in a three mile radius, dude. Yeah. You're not gonna hook up. I'm not asking for free food, dude. Like, charge me fucking double. I'm fucking hungry. Right. Like, okay. <laughs> they are assholes at that Jack in the Crack over there. Yeah. And the only reason... I want the dude's ass in that driveway once. <laughs> I believe it. Because I actually almost got in a fight with the my uh, passenger uh, on my lift ride. Because this motherfucker... You were, in a, you were in a lift pool and you almost got in a fight? Yeah. It was this a screaming match. It, it was with the dude. 101 too. reasons not to catch a lift. <gasps> no, yeah. but that's amazing. No, no. It was because he was being a dick. He was trying to hit on me, and I said, no, no, no. And then he was messing with the driver who was Latin, and he was like, uh, so you from Mexico? And, and like the brother was assuming that every brown person was from Mexico. I'm like, Negro, have you ever been outside of the States? I said him just like, Negro, did you have you ever been anywhere? And then we went back and forth, and we chilled for a moment. Then he's like, hey, is it okay if we go by this jack-in-the-box over here? I'm like, oh, fuck. And it, by the way, it's like 2.30 in the morning. So you yeah. know there's hella the people. Yes, hella people. there's hella people there. So we're already in line for about 15 minutes. I'm tired as fuck because I just got off work bartending. And so, and by the way, in Jack in the Crack, Jack in the Crack does accept credit cards. Yes? Okay. Brother had a credit card. Oh, our credit card. We're not taking credit cards right now. This is what the drive-through. Per- I'm like, I even got mad. I didn't order shit, <laughs> and I was just like, "Are you serious?" It says right there, you take Visa, Mastercard, whatever. Like you, EBT, come on, something. Yeah. <laughs> Those dudes were just being assholes, which turned to the passenger who I who was an asshole, a bigger asshole. But your poor then, Uber driver that wasted 15 minutes being I in the know. thingy. Oh, not poor Uber driver. He, he charges by the minute too. But, Do they? I, my, thought mine that, didn't. My, I thought that uh, Ubers were a one oh, really? flat. No, I thought no. Ubers were a flat rate, and no, that's one I of the beauty. I wouldn't know. I don't catch them. I, I do live. I'm wearing I the Uber live. shitty T-shirt today. Oh, also though, you got to be careful with in and out back to that one though, yeah. Pam, because yeah. they're very religious organizations. Yeah, they're Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. They're like so the I Chick-fil-A know. of the West. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. <laughs> but they hook up their employees and like students and shit that work there. They put money towards scholarships and grants. They used to at least. I don't know. No, they do. They and they they make sure that you have. Have, um, insurance and all that shit and they Aww. give you enough hours if you need it for your family so they can get insurance they're really kind that's what White Castle used to do but Is Christians aren't Castle? necessarily yeah. like well we don't have White Castles out here what? Christians aren't these Christians don't yeah, hate gays so they're okay these I don't the in and out people they don't hate the gays so they're okay they're not like Chick-fil-A I wonder what the Jack and the Crack people are because they hire assholes <laughs> well if it is run by Jack he seems pretty chill but I'm pretty sure that's a made a up character his, his head it. looks a little weird yeah, I think he's yeah, well, that was my Jack in the Crack story. I hate fast food lines. That's all I have to say about that. I don't that. eat it anymore. I get cravings for Jack in a Box tacos every once in a while. Yeah. For that still ends cents. up turning into fucking Jack in a Box tacos yeah. because those yeah. whatever the fuck is I in those will those cure hangovers all the time. <laughs> in high school, so there were two for ninety nine cent, and that was because there was a Jack in the Crack across the street from my high school. So yes. I'm very fond of that era, but it's fuck nostalgia. That. It is nostalgia. But going back to the in and out, yeah. I can understand. 
I can understand why everyone's like, there's o- there's only one in and out. That's like people being mad about there's only one McDonald's, which Mar- McDonald's is shit. It, it is pretty gross. You know, people but get- it smells, but their fries smell so... I think they they psychology. do something. Yeah, psych- it's, it's psychology. It's psychological, yeah. Shit. It's but crazy. The I've use- always wanted to do it. When I open a restaurant, I'm seriously just going to be grilling onions and garlic in a pan that's wafting that over the neighborhood. Wafting. Yeah, yes. and everyone's like, Because that works on me. That's it's got to so work good. on other it people. It works on people. Like, <laughs> like, okay, so there's not a White Castle here, unfortunately. I'm, I did not know that. God, no White damn. Castle out here, no. No, not in California. You can get them at, um, you can get them frozen at like Vons and Fuck, shit. Fuck no. And not the same put them thing. in the microwave. Nope, nope, not the same. Nope. But again, onions, garlic, you smell that when you first go in there. That's And it's so enticing. But I always think about the fact of like, I'm going to be constipated. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really good. The psychology that some of these places do, like Kentucky Fried Chicken, a real, I mean, they're chicken it, it's pieces. It's never, but and it never it's, tastes. It never I, tastes how it smells. Well, when I get the coupons and I'm like, oh my God, I need, I need to eat Kentucky Fried Chicken. And then I'm actually eating it and I'm like, these, this it's, is shit. It's gross, it's, right? I feel bad about those chickens. I feel like the chickens that I'm eating were like really unhappy chickens. They were unhappy because they like, make your belly unhappy. Yeah, I just feel like, I, I it's hard. I'm, I'm a chicken snob now because of I eat a lot of counter. Ooh, this is exciting news. I'm going to start working at Counter Offer at Bender's once a week. I'm going to be their cashier. Yeah. So remember how we talked about with the taxes and my my accountant was like, hey, if you have just a W-2 job where you make like a thousand dollars a year, it'll change everything for you tax wise. And I was like, hell yeah. So I'm training tomorrow and I'm going to start doing Sundays. So it means I can't go to the punchline, but. Fuck it. I'd rather. W-2. I'm more worried about this place and W-2s and shit like that and taxes and my life for real, not like my pretend life of like, oh, I was up at the punchline. It's going to mean anything. It's not going to mean anything. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I was up there and it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that. Uncle Sam gonna... means something. Yeah. Because he'll come after but you. But also, ass. holy crap, when you work at that bar, you work at Counter Offer, you get half price on your beer so I can get like dollar PBRs or like two fifty. Go IPA. But I can't because if I'm working... And I'm drinking and working at the same time, and I drink all IPAs. I will be so drunk. Okay, so stick to water. You're right. Yeah, water for your liver. Day off. I I had I did two days off this week, so don't worry. I'm I'm on I'm on day four, I think. That's exciting. Wow. I find that when I haven't been drinking as much, I wake up earlier in the morning, and it's just Mm -hmm. weird. Like I just wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm awake now. Okay. I've narrowed it down to drinking once a week. Wow. I don't know how I fucking did that, but maybe it's because I saw my belly getting bigger. <laughs> I, I <laughs> the got, vanity, the vein came in. I'm like, I need to chill out on my beer. This is not looking attractive. <laughs> I just poop it all out. Uh, Jonathan, and I, <laughs> Jonathan and I on Sunday went to bottom, not bottom of the hill, but Sebastian Bach was at bottom of the hill and he had $30 what? tickets. Yeah, okay, Sebastian Shut Bach. What the fuck does he do solo? Exactly, what? right? So we did a bunch of Skid Row songs, but... <laughs> So I wasn't there for that, but we, the reason we didn't go is because we were at the Parkside, uh, War Bison, and um, oh, another group of old men. <laughs> I, I sick of it all. Sick of all. Murphy's Law. Yeah. God damn it! If I got to so hear fun. that goddamn Departed song one more fucking time. Well, it was it was a really fun night, and Jonathan kept buying me IPAs and just bringing them to me because I was recording them in the back. I asked all the bands for permission. They said it was okay to play it for not my show, so I'm recording the bands in the back, and Jonathan just keeps bringing me beers and then he's drinking them really fast and he's running around in the pit and being crazy 
Well, he's in his element. I didn't realize when we left. I mean, I was blackout drunk. We forgot to eat dinner, and we uh, had straight like, edge hardcore show. I yeah, <laughs> I was fucking wasted, blacked out, and I was all. I guess on the bus on the way back. I was crying. I don't remember any of this, but Jonathan said I was just weeping about cats. I just wanted to save oh, all the cats. A spike you had a died. Spike moment. So yeah, oh. I was, but I was so drunk. I was blackout drunk because he's like, yeah. I mean, the thing that was weird is you were like crying on the bus like pretty hard, but you know, people didn't think I beat you or anything, so it was okay. <laughs> but then. <laughs> I guess he told me in the morning, he was like, so I'm totally glad you were blackout drunk because I was pretty drunk too. And he's like, and I spilled all these secrets, like all these things I'm buying you for your birthday and all these things. And he was like, I told you all of it. And, and I'm like, I have no recollection of it whatsoever. Not even a little. I don't remember the bus ride at all. That's like the best part of a confession moment. You got to spill the beans and then you're not in trouble because there's no memory of it. There's no memory. So so be, it never happened. People should start doing that. Couples should like roofie themselves on the plan that they're going to tell each other everything. Right, because you don't remember and it anyway. Then, and then wake up the next day and be like, did we do it? Well, we had to have. I feel great. I aside feel from great. the hangover, yeah. Yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> and then you can carry on. Yeah. You know? Well, um, make sure to lock yourself in a room so nobody else gets weirded out. Yeah. <laughs> I know, the poor no, bus just, people. It, yeah, just be a one-on-one session. It wouldn't be anyone Yeah, repack session. that in stuff. I did. Free. Okay, good. That's, that's like a new uh, idea of therapy. Yeah, it was blackout, blackout drunk therapy. Yeah. I mean, but that's the problem. So and I, this has been happening. Not too much, but I calmed down a little on the drinking because of this. That when I go out for a night of open mics, and if I'm going to hit five mics, it basically means I'm at five bars. So I'm probably going to have five drinks. So at my last mic, I mean, is it beneficial or not? If I don't even, rem- sometimes I don't even remember going up on stage. There was last Thursday... I had to ask my friend the next day. I was like, did I did I go up last night? He's like, yeah. I'm like, did I do okay? Did I eat a dick? And he's like, no, I don't remember you eating any dicks. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm like metaphorically. And he said, no, they all seemed to like what you were saying. You did the in and out thing and you were being really kind of crazy. And then you went into the, about the balls and the dicks and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. I just, I guess I was just kind of autopilot. But when that happens is it is there a point to doing the open mic is it like well when I'm on autopilot I can still perform that's good but if I don't remember and I don't know and I didn't record it like did it really happen and if Maybe People your don't experiment remind me. should be to record that shit like always have someone recording your last uh, open mic just to see just to see just how to it see. Goes. no seriously I mean, I think you know that I'm like way. Five beers at that point. I'm usually, you know, I'm four or five drinks in, and it's and it's over many hours. I'll start at like you know five thirty. But sometimes the there might be two it. at that one place right. or what have you. So it could turn out to be it's you know seven beers. Well, last night I only had three total. I had two at Bender's before we went to Spark for the show there, and then we smoked crazy vaporizers, and then I got on a bus and I went to Laraca's and did a set, but I didn't have a drink there. And then I went to Tope to do a set and I signed up at Grant and Green. When I was at Tope, I didn't drink for a while, but then I had one beer and then I did my set in Grant and Green. So I only had three beers last night. So, I mean, I remember doing all four oh, performances. Yeah. So that was fine. But when you know, when you're starting to get that buzzy, wuzzy feeling, mm. like that point of like, I'm on the edge, man. I'm on, I'm almost there. Have someone to start recording. Uh, yeah. For, yeah. Just for fidelity. Well, yeah. also, <laughs> I, I personally in that situation and, and in my blackout states lately, um, you know, fuck it. If I fuck something up, apparently that's common now. That's why I'm getting kicked out of bars. But, 
you know, I've also realized that I'm starting to miss like really awesome moments because apparently I'm really fucking cool sometimes though too when I'm drunk, you know, like, and so in, in light of saying that, like you don't have a recording of maybe you shooting some good ones off your hip. You know what I mean? Right. Like maybe, maybe you freestyled some shit. And, right. And, and I won't remember it at and all. You don't remember I what the know, fuck that yeah, joke exactly. was or how you got everybody You're laughing need so that hard. Again. You know, like, right. yeah, exactly. That's a good so. point. You're going to need that again. Speaking of uh, us all being alcoholics, there's a new thing at the station happening at 830 every Wednesday. It's called 40 Ounces to Freedom, and it's an AA meeting. Uh, so they're just using the space. They aren't like, I thought originally they were going to podcast it, and we were going to have microphones out, and we were going to like live record an AA meeting, and I was very excited <laughs> about that. But um, that's not the case. They're just having an AA meeting here. So if anybody out there in the world, like, like I don't feel, for me... I don't feel like it's a problem yet because I'm keeping my shit together. Like I'm like not losing my phone. Yet. Well, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it does become a problem and that's when I dial it back. But like I've kept this phone for five years. So, you know, like I know that I know that I'm fucked up when I leave my weed somewhere or I lose the jacket that I love or I lose my backpack or my passport or something gets stolen. If, you know, if something like that disappears and I'm drunk, that's when I have a come to Jesus talk with myself where I'm like, girl, you can't be afford to be losing shit because you're being drunk and wasted. Or like if I suddenly realize that my bank account is fucked and I'm like, what did I do? And I like look at withdrawals and I'm like, oh my God, I spent $400 on alcohol this month. Right. Those are like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm putting myself in the hole. What the fuck? Come on, right. man. It's Alcohol will always be well, there. Check this out, though. Yeah. I sober up under that same thing of I'm losing shit. I lost this. I lost that. You know, blah, blah, blah. Then I'll sober up for a while. I'll quit smoking so much weed, this and that. I start losing more shit. <laughs> okay? So I think you just haven't sobered up long enough to realize that you're just losing shit and you need to stop beating yourself up over it. Fair but enough. But there are other things you still have to consider. But the right. losing the stuff, you just forget. You have forgetful memory. You just put shit down. You're too busy. You're, you're grabbing stuff, putting shit down all the time by your naturalness anyway. I think it's a, a high-strung thing that me and you both share. I just, I so. hate losing shit. So whenever I start losing shit, I have a come-to-Jesus talk. But it's also, it is financial. I mean... I stopped doing cocaine, not, well, A, because it made me feel like shit, but B, it's I mean, when you're spending $400 a month on cocaine, it's like, what the fuck am I doing? And it's so easy because, I mean, it's like, it, it starts with like 80 bucks and you're like, yeah, it's a Friday. Or, or splitting it with that. friends. Right, right, right. Oh, we just <laughs> spent 80 bucks, but you know what? We'll just, we'll just get another one. And so then all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, what was shit? And, it, and, it's, mm-hmm. and you don't realize that it's 400 bucks a month and it just takes it's weird because like I've seen money that's almost like losing money I'm like well where does it go up your nose I don't understand I spent $160 on Friday night starting at 11 o'clock wow wow yeah if I a really nice lady had sex with me that's great yeah well, there oh, you go. Well, let's see, 160 or ass. That's like, yeah. Sure, yeah. Well, no, but it's like exactly. the next day, prostitution's I would have been really more expensive. Bummed out of myself. I'd have been like, dude, you spent how much fucking money? It was the big business show, so I mean, I wanted yeah. to see big business, and it was totally random because I didn't even know they were fucking playing that night, and I just went to the bar to have a drink and go home, and big business is playing, so I'm like, fuck it, I gotta see big business. And then, yeah, talking to a girl, did she came home with me? It was cool. So, so it paid I, off. Paid off, you know. I, well, so that was an investment. Those, and investment. obviously, you're being a gentleman by buying her a beverage or a three. Yeah, oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. 
Now that's when it's worth it. And her sister. Yeah, see? Yeah. That's when it's worth it. Yeah. That's when it's worth it. I had to take care of the family that night. I think that's why it got expensive. (laughs) They were both really cool, though. Like, like the whole group of people was super rad that I had met that night. See, now that is a moment not to regret. I think, but the thing is, like, too bad they don't balance off like that. Right. (laughs) Where it's just like. I know, but there have been times when I've left. Okay, I've left Bender's went before I was 86th from the homestead. <laughs> I would oftentimes walk from Bender's to the homestead because it was on my way to actual home where I lived. And I'd get like one more drink and hang out. But on the way once, I found $83 in cash, like right in front of the fire station thing right there on 19th. Nice. And I usually look at the ground because I'm afraid of falling down on my face. And dog and, poop. And dog poop. And so... Uh, human, and poop. human poop. Right, human poop. So I was looking down and I was like, oh my God! And I picked it up and I looked around and there was, like usually right by Shotwell, there's usually some ladies of the night walking by and I was thinking, well, it could be theirs or it could... And I like look around and I'm like, is this... There's nobody here. This is mine. This is my money now. <laughs> so sometimes, like, it's very rare, though, when they things tit for tat right. like that out. I, um, going back to cocaine, yeah. I, uh, the last time I worked at Belga, eh, at Belga, which I don't work at anymore, I spent my $100 on cocaine. I spent all my tip money on cocaine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Womp, womp, womp. And I have not done something stupid like that in so long. And I was just like, where'd that money go? I could have used that $100. Like the next day yeah. and the next four days, I was just like, it's $100, but I still could have. Right. Did you have a good time? Is uh, uh, I can have uh, a really good day for 20 bucks. I can yeah. have two drinks and eat food and I need to start one other small a flask thing. again. Right. <laughs> I mean, I work at a bar, so I mean, that's I mean, that's see, I think to me, it's like drinking comes too easy working right. in the service industry. It's just too easy well, where everyone being a stand-up comedian. Always, yeah, everywhere well, that's you what are. gets me sometimes though too is like when you go out and it's a real long night. Like you, you showed up long before the sun went down, and somehow you were there after the bar closes, and they let you hang out. Still, Isn't right? that One fun? of those days. Right? I love that. And, and it's so fun. You still manage to spend a hundred dollars, right? Yes. You know, because you're tipping. And, but but then, but then all of these memories sometimes like, hey, wait, beers were only a dollar. How the fuck did I still spend that much money? And I remember getting at least six free drinks. Right. That's the other thing sometimes. It's like, I know that I was like, I remember the bartender insisted on not. You must have tipped. You tipped really well. I bet you tipped. I mean, that's that's still a tip thing. I mean, if a bartender is giving me free drinks, they're getting 30 or 40 bucks. Cool. It's like, where did the other 60 go? You know what I mean? Like, okay, a pack of smokes and a burrito. I remember that. Like, did I literally drop $25 on the ground or something? Like, yeah, I think I think you help someone's pockets. college fund or uh, beer fund or cocaine. Yeah, or that too. They're they're co- yes, the bartenders. Laxative and methamphetamine fund. Uh, <laughs> see, and that's exactly why I'm like mad at myself. I didn't give you. I I did not used to be mad at myself when I would buy. You know, uh, when I want to go ski once in a while, because I'm like, okay, $150, I'll make it up tomorrow. But it was good. And I had a great time. And then now I'm like, as I get, maybe it's because I'm older. And I'm just like, this was fucking stupid and irresponsible. I can't do it because fucking it takes dumb. so much Laxatives. time now. Yes. It takes so much time away. So let's say I do. Let's say I want to celebrate or do something. And I'm like, it's Friday. Let's do so or something. And I have it in years because it's crazy. Or it's a wedding or something special. I have to know that the entire next day, 
I can do nothing. I don't have to check email. I don't have to answer my phone. I have to know that day that I can't. I can't have a show to do. I can't have to be here. You're sitting around fighting demons all fucking day. Exactly. Exactly. Counting sheep. That's why I stopped doing blow too. It's a full on demon fight the next day. It's like I just can't even. I can't even live. Voices in your head. Everything else. And my eyes, like my eyes, hurt being in my head. They're like my eyes are in my head and they hurt. Why don't my eyes hurt like that? But sometimes, sometimes you'll get some good shit where you're just like, oh, I did cocaine last night. But that's again very rare. So what's the point in me and anyone really spending money on it unless someone's giving it to you at a party? It's so hard, right? <laughs> but it's but that's the thing is even if someone's giving it at a party at this point, I'll still say no because I'm like, it's I'm too old. I mean, I turn 44 pretty soon. My body is like, uh uh-uh. uh. You even only choose one alcohol now. now, right? Like, look, I, I drank no seven. No whiskey after dark. No whiskey after dark. I drank seven IPAs on Sunday from starting at five o'clock until ten thirty at night. That's a nice. And that's not bad. It's not drink bad. Water it's in spread. between, you should be okay. I did, forgot to eat dinner. Okay, well that. So and and, and then on Monday, and uh, on Monday I was dead. And you were in a world of pain. Right. So, I mean, there's there's a limit yeah. somewhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's I've how I feel. Lost. I mean, like I can barely drink like brown liquor. I can't really. I, I You don't ever see me drink brown liquor mm-hmm. unless it's like a really special kind of scotch. I can't really drink vodka. I don't like to do shots. I mean, it's either now mostly just beer and wine. Yeah, I love it. And then, you know, once in a while, like I was talking about the cocaine, I used to do it all the time. And now I'm like, oh my God, no, how much I was, I was spending on it. And then once in a while, that's why I was mad at myself as a grown ass person knowing, why'd you do that? Yeah. Why'd you, why'd you digress? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, it's, it's things are starting to, to get re- repetitive and boring. Right. Well, that's well, <laughs> San Francisco is getting boring. That's or we're another getting older, thing. but I remember older people having a good fucking time when I was younger. So why why, why is but, it not my turn? Well, <laughs> it's because the city has no soul. Uh, well, it's there, it's I mean, my it's it's. I, I it's still have fun day. when I go out, but I don't like. I mean. You know, and that's the thing is I don't like myself when I do cocaine because I think I'm so smart and funny and every word that drips out of my lips is honeyed gold from the gods. And I, right? And I'm just so excited and I feel like, I feel like I'm so fun and this and that. And like, I could be talking about my dead cat for, <laughs> that I had when I was five and crying over. It. And it's like, fuck me. No one wants to hear about that. It's an, like, arrogant, it's an arrogance drug. Yeah. It is a drug for narcissists. Well, no, I'm not, a, I'm not a narcissist. So I'm I am a total narcissist, and it's awful. It turns me into a terrible person. Well, it makes me fucking horny and impotent at the same time. It's fucking weird. <laughs> like, oh, you're one like, of those? Yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, I'm just like man, I'm ready to go. Wait, wait a second, what's wrong with you, man? I've met many of those. <laughs> what's wrong with you, man? I, have, I just want to dance. Seriously, I have I want to dance and have a really great conversation and think I know shit where I'm just like, I don't know shit. You know a lot of but shit. But I'm dancing and talking about that <laughs> shit all at the same time. Because you can multitask. Yes, yes. because I'm just like, yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't ever get mean. I don't ever get... Air. I just like... Well, that's I, what the 80s was all about. Like, well, it was I know. Like fucking dancing and really crazy fluorescent colors and having conversations and sex. Yeah, like, or Studio 54, time. I guess. Like, it was just like, I'm just... Maybe I'm that kind of... May, I missed... I was born in the 80s, so I guess I missed it. <laughs> yeah, you were a product of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Off of it. Thanks, Dad. 
Uh, I'm excited about, uh, there was a thing I saw here and I was like, oh, this is exciting. The federal judge questions constitutionality of 45's hotel profits. And we had talked about this last year (sighs) with Marl Del Lago. And um, yes, we did. His using uh, the The state, the, the, yeah, using his resort on the, on this website for the state, the, the government, state, the government websites, yeah, the, the us.gov yeah. website with, yeah. So he's, uh, so he's making money, basically he's making money, double dipping. And you know, this whole, uh, North Korea shit. Hey, just, it, it's not about no goddamn bombs. He wants to build a fucking hotel. I swear to God. In oh, North yeah. Korea, I, it's, you think it's, it's all about, about that? No, he wants to position himself into being some kind of a world savior and not get kicked out of fucking office and hung by his own building. <laughs> no, look, the, the only way a shit president ever stays in fucking office in this fucking country is if he either starts a war, which they're not going to let him. But the flip side on this one is if he gets this Korea thing, you know, like, I it's, think he's like, 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 there's a lot of people that don't want it to happen. Like, fucking, let's just go to World War Three because I don't want to give it to this guy. No, I don't want to give it to this dude. Like, he doesn't because they're going to praise him. They're going to fucking praise him. Right. And he's going to be in the fucking history books in American history, not the rest of the world. The rest of the world's going to be like this dude doofus in fucking America thought that he actually <laughs> did something over here. But over here, it's going to get put in the history books that like, oh, got a point. he wow. saved Korea, he saved the fucking Darius, he, he was awesome, he made Smart America great again. And then, and, then he, and then he built a resort. Oh God! I'm Sarah. I swear to God, I, I, you know what, dude? I, I, I kind of agree with everything that's why, that you're that's saying. That's why he called out. I, that's why he called out fucking uh, the Jerusalem true. thing, so he can build a resort. <laughs> All right. no, he, no, he's no, gonna no, cause no. World War Three no. for resorts. Well, no, no, but no, it, he, no, he wants. It, no, he's not that smart though. He's, he's thinking. He's thinking about like I can make money off the world and I can actually oh. take over the world if I build here, here, and well, un- it is its building because wars yeah. cause destruction, and then it's who gets who gets the who gets the rebuilding contracts. Gets, exactly. That's the thing I don't understand. You're starting about a war. new you, a new world there, here. There's an article I didn't research on too much though, but apparently you know Jared and Ivanka or whatever the fuck that weird relationship is um made like 58 million million, 52 million last year yep profited profited yeah yeah wow the whole uh, thing is about what you think the the whole thing has nothing to do with democracy at least the the shitty white dudes before would (laughs) fucking straight out hide it you know what I mean? Like, yo, Integrity? I'm fucking selling you everything. <laughs> everything got sold. And Integrity? it just sits on the fucking back burner. <laughs> right, right, you, make your fucking, you make your connections, and then when you get out of office and go back to where you're doing is when you reap it. You don't just sit there and it's, it's tactless. And, it's, and the thing is, like, it's tactless. so blatantly there. It's, and it's, it's just, it's like right there. It's like, yo, it's like someone is actually showing you a bank robbery as you speak, and you say, no, that's not a bank thing. robbery. I think if you've ever stolen a pack of gum in your life you know that this fucking dude is fucking shady the thing is is there are people that were like oh my god that just heard that maybe that don't agree with the station like oh see now he stole gum you know what i mean like <laughs> some, you know, some people would, would never ever you know and those people love him because he lies. The moral authority. The moral authority. Is that what, you're, is that I don't, what people are calling him? I've I, never, I, quote unquote. I've never stolen gum or a candy bar from I've somewhere stolen. like a Longs because they have too many. No, I mean, since you were cameras. five fucking no, 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 years even, old. Even you know as a child. I mean? like, yeah. Especially as a child, like, I never did because I was so afraid of all the cameras and God. 
the world. Yeah, well, you know, exactly, exactly. And these people in the world <laughs> the that really like God, him God. don't steal because they're afraid of the cameras and God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you grew up, they didn't, and they're like 70. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Yeah, I mean, but that's... Wow, yeah. yeah I, I waited till I was a godless freak to then, you know, be in my... Uh, th that's actually it for this is this is a terrible thing to divulge but my parents would never listen to this anyways and they don't give a fuck about me so it doesn't matter but <laughs> I, in college when I go back home for Christmas and stuff I would steal presents from like but like big things like big stores not like little mom and pop stuff but I'd go to the mall and I'd like that's yeah that's not bad too. I'd you steal mom and pop stores don't steal from mom and pop stores no 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 like, like Macy's and stuff like I would do the Winona Ryder yeah <laughs> Nice. I would, I would like, <laughs> yeah. I remember even boosting. I, I, I even, never, I could never do that shit because I, I, people would follow me. Oh right, because you're black. <laughs> I didn't even think you about have that. The complexion for the protection. They I, just yeah. Well, me. they assumed I had they the money. That I was. Well, and the thing was, See, white privilege. I, yeah. We can get away with, with murder. I but you, I would, I, I would buy some things when I was there because then I'd have a large bag. So I'd buy some things from That's someone obvious. else. And that, well, I buy something somewhere else, and I'd be walking around, you know, because I was shopping in the mall. That's a smart, and yeah, then I, would you know, smart. like, so I remember once it was, um, it was like a thing that was like a nail clipper thing that was a, like a little thingy that you get. It's like a grooming kit or whatever. And I was like, Oop, my dad will like that. And I, <laughs> like Macy's shit. And nice, nobody, nice I ones. never, I never got caught. Damn. I See, think because had a no chase policy, or maybe J.C. Penney's had a no chase policy. But they never so even confronted me in any way. No one ever walked up to me and said, hey, "We know what you're doing." Like they didn't. Well, the, there was the none of that. The smart thing is you weren't doing it at a fucking five seven nine when those stores are really tiny and like, it, people can actually see you. You did a department store. You're a department store booster. Yeah, that's what it sounds or, like. Or, or you can get lucky and you, the person you stole in front of that you think saw you was like that person over there stealing. Want to know how many fucks I give? Zero. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've seen people steal from stores I worked at. Like I ain't saying shit. Oh, like dude, y'all motherfuckers don't pay me enough to give a fuck. <laughs> I would love to catch people stealing at the Bloomingdale's uh, when I worked at Long Home. Oh, yeah. I used to love to catch. Oh, it was, oh, I would get such a hard on for it. Because I'm like, you. Ain't, I would be able to really be myself and let my asshole shine. Like, well, you I have, saw you that, you asshole. On. You ain't slick. I'm calling security. Bitch, you don't know. Uh, oh, you want to call people bitches. All right, security. Scary. <laughs> oh, and and then some of the uh, really the crackheads and crazy folks would like to put a uh, lather the cream on. And I'm like, hey, ask for a goddamn sample. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, I will get security. Security. <laughs> I, I think it was like, that kind of power. Power, power hungry, huh? Yeah, got a little power hungry there. Yeah, but I was doing the right thing. Like, you, what the fuck are you doing? You stealing and you using all that free product, and your hands look like they ain't been washed in days. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you nasty motherfucker. Nasty. See, but when I grew up at the mall, it was power. it was in in Danville or whatever. So like in Pleasanton, there weren't any questionably housed that There's were walking no around. And yeah, it was, that, that place was fucking pleasant to a scary degree. I mean, I'd go out there from like El Sobrani Pinole, which would be like, oh, that's white. It's like, yeah, but it's a little different out in Danville. Yeah, it's... Like, I, I came from middle, middle lower class. That was like upper and like, you, well, know, you have Blackhawk. Come on. Yeah, now, but that's, that's the thing Black is... Blackhawk, y'all. Going back museum. to Danville, I'm a pariah. I'm a 
gross. They see me and they're like, of it and they're shit. like gross. They're like, oh, tattoos and her hair doesn't look professionally cut. Why isn't she wearing makeup? Um, her, like they would, I mean, it's very, everyone is here. judgmental and it's a perfect little place. It's it's a terrible, it's like Disneyland. Like I everybody have a Danville pays story. In. Oh yeah, Danville, sweet. I had never been there oh. and I'd just been there recently. Mm. And I went to go get a procedure done. Uh, and uh, this lady, I got it from a Groupon. So I went out there and she was kind of like all over the place. And I'm like, I kept thinking, this is what Pam talks about, about people in Danville. And she was talking about immigrants and stuff like that. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, trying to change the subject. And I'm like, how do you know? I'm not an immigrant. And so, and the thing is, I had to still be in this woman, in this room with this woman for 45 minutes. And so I'm just listening to her and I'm just like, this is kind of what Pam was talking about. Crazy ass motherfuckers from Danville. And just like that vibe walking around, because after that I walked around a little bit, and I'm like, ooh, this aura here sure does feel funny. Were, were you downtown? Were yeah, you, you drive 45 minutes away and you think you landed in fucking Ohio? <laughs> I'm nothing against Ohio. There's good people I'm in Ohio, the, but I'm I mean, from the Midwest, you know, like, so they're I got... so disconnected. It's like, fuck, you are really not that far from San Francisco. You and know? I grew up like, in the suburbs, so they I even understand. Commute here on the Bart. Yeah, well, I understand it a little bit, but this kind of like. I'm like, I think I'm stepping in Trump country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. There are people with money. They want to keep their money. Yeah. Uh, Danville is a, was a crazy place. I was taught as a child that buses are disgusting and that I should never take them. They're for poor people. Only poor people take the bus. We would never take the bus. So much uh, We weren't allowed there. to take the bus. And the thing is, the bus where we lived was like right in front of a bus stop, right on by the Iron Horse Trail. I could have taken it to Alamo, to, to the BART at Walnut Creek. I could have taken it down to the Golden Skate, but my mom was like, buses are gross and disgusting. Oh, you could explore. Yeah, but the Iron Horse Trail is pretty fucking cool. It's like the only thing I like about out there. Yeah, well, we were, there's a road, we lived right off of it, and there was a road that went all the way to, anyways, we weren't allowed to ride buses and BART and go places because it was like, that was, and my mom used to say when I was little, well, if you don't want to study, the world needs ditch diggers too. And it's like, it so demeans labor and it, it's just this capitalist. I was grown as a capitalist. Well, it's it's capitalism. It's saying that you can be entitled too. You can think you're better than everyone else too because people that do physical labor, they aren't good enough. They can't afford dentistry. They they don't get to eat lobster. They're poor people and the world needs poor people too. And I'm like, but that's that's the mentality that the people that have money want to stay in, that they're somehow better than everyone else, that they've done something special. My and family's kind of the same way, but they're just like lower middle class. And I'm like, where do you guys even get off even feeling? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, you don't have you know, an inch of power like, you're with the rest of us. Oh, well, no, it's just that they, they stuck with their job and they have a pension. You know what I mean? That's Ooh. really all it is. I call them bootstrappers now. They're just the bootstrappers, you know. But pull up your bootstraps and stop complaining. Right. You know, get a real job. Yeah, yeah. Stop because having you got dreams lucky, and get a real you job. Go work at Target, a real company. You know what um, I mean? Like, no. you know, well, shit like well, no. that. See, my people are higher. They'd say never work at Target because that means you've got an education. You should be doing, like, we all... The whole thing was... When you get an education, you're somehow better than everybody else, and you deserve more. And you deserve running Target have a fucking education. That's true. Yeah. Well, my family actually. Then that's totally fair. My family was just like, get a fucking education, go to college. Don't be fucking stupid. Don't be one of these fucking stupid ass Negroes out here. (laughs) And um, and we are not. Um, But I also realized that the fact that they were more, there's something in our, our community where we have the uppity Negro and how everyone feels like they, you know, 
you uppity Negroes. We were the uppity Negro in the neighborhood. And I used to get my hair pulled and bullied and fucked around with. And then I had to get it from white people, too. So I end up hating everybody equally <laughs> because I can't trust none of y'all crackers and niggas. And so, yeah. And so I just proved to myself, I just like get an education, read, learn stuff, yeah. outsmart, outwork these people. Because I did have friends that were like the, um, oh, you don't want to sit there or be on the bus or something in that kind of like better than i'm like why not yeah. that's how you learn things you I was, explore I, stop making things scary the real world is not as scary as living in the suburbs because that's where we live that's kind of where i grew up the suburbs and that shit is scary it's yeah, for me scary. for me it's, it's, it's all about entitlement and i feel like capitalism breeds entitlement and now we have a bunch of mediocre people running around that think they're better than everyone else <laughs> fucking ivanka trump Fuck that little cunt. I made $58 million last year. Are you intelligent? Are you anything? You're born on third base. Your shoes are perfect. What are you trying to do? Are you a real person? Why do you deserve so fucking much? $58 million? They're homeless. There's 7,500 homeless people. And no one gives a fuck about them. And some people actually have money. And they could do something. But they're entitled and selfish and horrible people. Well, what else can I think? What else can you think about someone who makes that much money that doesn't give it all away? Doesn't give. Why do you need more than a million dollars a year? You fucking cunt bitch. What you need someone to do your toes and fucking break your cunt at the same time? We wouldn't understand. We've never. We'd never understand. We'd never understand. I mean, there's a lot of power that goes. But we all live out of our means. Well, what means do we? I mean, what do we deserve? Why? We have some more. I mean, what do we? We're we're telling people that. We're giving them, we're breeding inside the mass entitlement. And then this dream that you can also be Kanye and get anything you want. Oh, but fuck him. Like, well, all of them, all, any of them with the money. Well, I mean, my thing is this. Why, if, I would like to be comfortable and wealthy one day, but. I can't hate on I, that. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, though, if I don't, I'm okay with being comfortable and knowing more and kind of understanding the world and not living in a bubble. Yeah. Because living in a bubble fucking sucks. And you don't you don't get to learn anything being in that bubble. So I guess I'll take my being comfortable, lower middle class ass, and you know, do whatever it takes by being being I know this sounds corny, but voting and doing what I have to do and demonstrating as much as I can. And for those people who I, I think people even us, we always value something like, you know, purses and cars and these materialistics but that that don't mean shit because all of that can be taken away too purses <laughs> people spend purses. money on purses I know they do. that's fucking I ridiculous don't i just it. get the knockoff stupid yeah. i really hope <laughs> even though i love it on paper and it's an amazing idea and i've hated southern california so much that i've wanted this to happen but i really hope nobody votes for that like splitting up california yeah, we that just talked about that at the beginning I mean, we yeah. do not need to be what doing that, that right now we do not need to be worrying about that shit right now yeah. you know what i yeah. mean this guy is a he's the same if, if, if that gets voted if you if that gets not. voted out nothing is ever happening to this fucking cheeto covered ass hat you know, or any motherfucker yeah. like him well you know? no, like, but it not. has to do with they we can't we how would we duplicate all the government structures that already exist it can't happen the uc system happen. the school systems uh everything social services 
healthcare. He's There's done so this many before. things. This like, is his third time. He spends and wastes all his goddamn it, money the only on thing, trying to do this. And, the and only he loses thing, every time. The Give only it thing up. that would make sense would be actual succession and all of us being together and not. And oh, yeah. I'm, I'm into the whatever new, new, whatever fucking it's called, but like where it's like Oregon, Portland, California. I am not Nevada for and Arizona can kick it if they're on board. Fuck Arizona. They're not being on board, but Nevada legalized weed. So yeah. They're cool. I, I mean, they yeah. went from five seeds to your fuck to like, yeah, smoke up, Johnny. Yeah, like, yeah, overnight, yeah, 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 Like, that's yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, yeah, rad. Yeah. That's, that's like, I am that's not an for olive branch, if you ask me. Yeah, I am absolutely. not for it at all. I am not for it. Not one bit. I am not for it. I just. Succession. Y'all, stop I being am. pussies. Y'all, um, y'all There's know, just too many no, of us. No, no. New York I, needs to be able to make New York decisions. The middle no, of the country needs to be able to I, make middle of the country decisions. And the West Coast needs to be able to make I West totally Coast decisions. No. Without one person on top fucking telling I everybody dis- what they can or cannot do. Because we all live completely different lives. That is a utopia world that is On not different going sides of this country. And that needs to be respected. No. I, I actually. Or the federal. I, I, I like, like the way you said this, that, like, Josh. That's really nice. And, and, and the federal government does need to back out of things, but this isn't the time to talk about that either because then I get the dudes who are like, hey, the federal government telling us what to do, this and that, but then they're, they're going to tell gays but can't get married, you can't. But no, but you there's, know but I mean? there's a lot of people in my area where I live, where I grew up in the Midwest, that feel the same way as we, they do out here. And just give, the thing is, it, it's going to happen again. By, I mean, the thing is, and by, what is that, 2050, 2062, white people will be a minority. Well, That's, it doesn't, I mean, this is just like money. The, white what, people don't exist. Well, you try to tell your brothers and sisters that. Oh, no, they're <laughs> ignorant. But I mean, like, so I'm really I'm, glad but, a race of people that doesn't exist is becoming more extinct. But no, I mean, what I'm saying is things are changing. The demographic is changing. But, with that, I also believe with how things with. It, it's it all money. It, I, I feel, I feel like race to, is just a red herring right now. It's it all is, economics. But, it's, it's, but that economics affects the politics. Well, I think that race is a red herring, and that's what they're trying to... <laughs> they're trying to do it. They're trying to this make us last... look over here, look over here, worry about race, worry about race. Because if we all together, ah. collectively, said, hey, fuck them. They've got all the money. Fuck Ivanka Trump. Fuck her and her $58 million. Well, we Fuck have, her. We have been, and people are just being silenced in the media. That's all. People are. People but are. But we, Shit's okay, happening. the only time it's anything ever, the only time, white the only time anything actually pissed. changes yeah. is with real revolution. And the problem is we've raised a whole generation and all these people of entitled little fucks and they don't want to put their bodies or their lives for anything. They're like, ah, we still, we want to live. We don't care. But things the are only happening. thing that's going to change is mass, is revolution. It exactly. is like the French revolution fucking the I people agree. rise up and I and it's going to be death but our people are like start eh, over. No, we don't want it well, like, we're going to get run over by like our own army the gun control thing over. shouldn't happen right now either and this is why I think why like every all the rednecks are getting all bummed out about gun control and shit right? like <laughs> oh take my guns if the government's going to come get me I'm like yo those dudes are right right now but the thing is they're voting for the government that is actually going, going to, to go come against, against and like them. come and fucking kill you and so we need to do I the know. gun control when we don't have tyrannical assholes running the government then we can go back to the gun topic because you know what i want to go out and buy a gun right now okay because Aww. shit's getting fucking crazy out here it is things are crazy I, I all right shit's getting crazy out here no shit good I mean, but we do need to address it, but not when these guys are in office, because these are the reasons why militias need guns. Is because like we're probably gonna have to fight these fucking dudes. Well, also you know, too, like, there needs to be a new Black Panther party and a new La Raza party and everything. And people are pissed off. The thing is, like, you're just not seeing. It hey, all that the Burning much. Man people have flamethrowers. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. I think the thing is, like, they're 
there is a revolution starting to happen. And the, the thing is, the media is not talking about it because, you know, 45 takes up most of the time. And that's the revolution the thing will not is, be televised. They, absolutely. Absolutely. So thanks, that's why I, th- I say no to secession, because I know... This is history repeating itself all over again. And I hope it, it I hope it is. I hope it is like the French Revolution. I want it to be that way. I want to fucking do over. I want to burn some shit too. Well, here's something we can I burn. burn Far-right far Norwegian politicians nominate 45 for Nobel Peace Prize. Fuck them. Oh, and, and by How, the way, are you Europe is why? fucked up too. Why would we Why would <laughs> you Peace Prize? For Europe the, is fucked up. They got them, them far right. What the fuck is 45? What am I missing? Oh, we don't we don't like to say his name. The, he's the 45th president. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry. We don't like <laughs> to, I was smoking pot all day. That's a, that's an we don't like I to like say that. his name. I like that. I like that 45. Yeah. It's just, he already gets too much press, and we say no more. We don't like to say no his more. name. Oh, and, it look, and I really, I just... I keep saying this, but if he doesn't get impeached, because I don't feel like it's going to happen, can can Lisa stroke or something? No assassination, just a stroke, like something really like. I want him to end up like Dick Clark, you know, hey. crooked mouth, mm-hmm. can't can can't do the Rock and Eve anymore. He's just eh, like a vegetable. Can, just even that, I will get pleasure off that because I want. I just want by this point, I just want somebody to die. Well, it, <laughs> it's, it's taking a little too long, but but Mueller has uh, applied for 150 subpoenas for just the Manafort case that's going to be happening in July. Okay, but uh, they're doing great work on that. And if this thing, if if this thing really crumbles and they really bring a Michael lot of really Cohen's fucking flipping. shitty people down, you know what I mean? I'll tell you this to to the the people at the FBI because I know somebody there listens. Okay, or maybe the IRS. <laughs> You tell the guys at the what IRS. Those, you tell the guys at the IRS. If you guys really handle this and do the job that even us liberals feel that you should do, you take this fucking guy down, I fucking swear to God, I will file my taxes I haven't filed in two fucking years. I will go to the fucking IRS. I don't know you much. You know, I'm not one of these capitalist pigs. But I will fucking go to the IRS and I will take care of my fucking taxes and I would hope that there's probably a couple people laughing listening to this that might be like, you know what? Okay, then maybe we can maybe we can start getting on board for that. So yeah. Can we do that? The people that haven't paid their taxes are kind of poor. Like, hey, we'll give you the money we owe you. Just give us our justice. Just give us our justice, please. Yeah. Give us. And on that, I got to go back to work. Yeah. I've had had 10 days off since uh, mid-February, so. Gotcha. Got to make that rent. Thank you for stopping by. And for uh, everything safe in your closet. So it's all good. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. (laughs) That was Josh. He's going back to work. Thank you. Bye. Nice lunch break. Yeah. Um, Oh, uh, just your cup. Keeps tapping is making. Oh, crazy. I am so sorry. It's okay. I kept tapping my cup. You're you're very passionate today, and I love it. Oh, it's yeah. a lot of fun when people come in. It gets the shit's getting exhausting. Like I it even want to stop. It's a good thing that you do have a dumb phone right now because oh, yeah. it does get exhausting with everything that's going on. Those the stories popping up on your phone and waking yeah, you up, yeah, and you're just yeah. like, no, no, I don't no, want to wake yeah. up like this. Right. Why Terrible. do you want to start the day like that? No, it's really, it's really awful, and I don't, so I just don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm. You know what? I'm with you on your dumb phone right now. Yeah, I, I, I was also very saddened about Anthony Bourdain leaving oh, the world. That's, um, that's sad. And that, and that they're saying it was a suicide, which I can't believe that. It's, it's so upsetting when you see someone who 
um, you know, embodies a life that, I mean, he embodies a life that I would dream, dream of having. Of. Like, being going around the world and talking about food and being on TV and being and funny was, and he honest. Was sexy to he me. was sexy as fuck. He was yeah. sexy as fuck. And he was honest and he was great. He kept and it real. He did. And that's why he got in trouble with networks sometimes is he fucking yeah. kept it real. And he was great. And I just it it boggles my mind. I mean it's the same way about like Robin Williams. But I understand Robin Williams because he was sick. So like, you know, he didn't want us to know him you know, it'd be yeah. like if something happened to Michael J. Fox and he was like, well, I was getting really sick. And right. So I didn't and want you to see me like that. Anthony Bourdain, I like shed a tear. That was like in my top with uh, yeah. David Bowie Prince. And I'm like, Anthony Bourdain, no. I read all of his books. I mean, I, he's like a hero to like within like the service Cook's industry tour. and yeah. anyone that loves food and travel. He actually helped me travel. I swear to God. I mean, there's been, I've been to places like, in Dubai where he's been because I saw an uh, episode sure. or here in San Francisco yeah well he's here. he's helped us because that was the reason that we got fined by the FCC because we got really well known because of Anthony Bourdain we were we have Pirate Cat Radio was on no reservations and he came exactly in and he I came here, here. And, yeah and there was he had a bacon maple latte which we don't do anymore and sometimes people still come here and they say oh Anthony Bourdain was here making maple la- yes. latte and we're like no, no no it doesn't exist anymore um, that's one of the reasons why I started coming here because that I, isn't that funny. Yeah, so wow. So that's, that's the whole thing. And so Anthony Bourdain was amazing, and, and we're gonna miss him. I don't miss. I don't. I don't worry so much about the Kate Spade. I think it's funny that it was like one of her own scarves, and that drummer I, comedian Aaron Barrett had a joke about you, the Louis Vuitton noose. I, I don't know if you've heard that. He, he drummer comedian Aaron Barrett jo- had a joke a long time ago about Lara. And why won't they make Lara something useful? She's got the Louis Vuitton backpack. She's got the fucking dish towels. He's like, why can't they make something useful like the noose? Laura's last selfie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great joke by DCAB. But um, and then Kate Spade killed. And I'm like, what is this? With her own scarf. With her. But what? What is this like? Famous people suicide stuff. Is it like they all had a suicide pact together? Or what is? You going know on? what? The sad thing I kept thinking about too was like. She has like a 13 year old and then he has an 11 year old and he always would talk about his daughter all the time. And I'm just wondering like how fucked up it is for that child, especially at those impressionable ages as an adolescent when everything is already dramatic. Because your dad is famous. Well, not just or that, because, just, yeah. just being adolescent because they're assholes. But also you're, if, but, but your if you're parent, a famous person, if your yeah. parent is a famous person, that's exactly. pretty crazy because the whole world kind of knows them in a way that you differently than you know them and that and the fact that matters like they're never going to see them again because of that selfish move well okay so here's the thing we'll 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 go through this together it's a jada pinkett smith talks mental health after anthony bourdain kate spade suicides and this is called black voices so oh you got your herpin to post on Mm, today yeah um she's in deep despair Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith opened up about her own struggle with mental health in the wake of last week's reported suicides of fashion designer Kate Spade and celebrity chef Anthony Bourdain. Smith, star of the movie Girls Trip, wrote on Instagram Monday that mental health is something we should practice daily, not just when times get tough. With the suicides of Kate and Anthony, it brought up feelings of when I was in such despair and had considered the same demise. Often, she wrote, in the years I spent toward my healing many moons ago, I realized the mind and heart can be extremely delicate without the formation, foundation of a formidable spirit. Um, 
so I'd never think about like celebrities having mental health issues too. Oh fuck yeah! Because I my, my mental health issues are surrounding about like around like being a failure and all that kind of stuff. So when I think about famous people, I'd be like, how dare they have mental health issues? They but they're, <laughs> they're not failures. But they're not but, hu- but they're still but human beings. But that's the thing is like, how would someone who has everything? feel enough failure and despair to be like that's it or maybe their despair doesn't come out of the fear of, out of failure it comes out of something else self-hatred like, or not being good enough or self-esteem anything with your self-esteem family maybe i mean because there there was divorce involved with both of these people so uh, there could have been something with that i mean people do crazy shit over divorce so that's another thing in custody there's always that along with getting depressed so i mean there's so many elements of things that you know all these people that you think they have it all they don't and i've noticed too i've always known that having all that money and having all that doesn't mean a goddamn thing to a lot of those people i've met the most i've met some really depressed rich people really depressed really yes absolutely and I'm just, you know, like, why? But I kind of understand. But I also, there's that selfish part of me that's like, well, you don't have to worry about your lights being cut off. So that's a good thing. I mean, you can travel whenever you want. You know, that's a good thing. So why not do that? Right. You know, but I'm not that person. I, I would, I guess maybe I would take, if I had that, I would. I don't know, take my journey and try to travel and get better. I don't... This is interesting. Anthony Bourdain discussed his mental health struggles during a therapy session on Parts Unknown. Uh, Ooh, that's That's crazy that... Um, I, I'm, I'm surprised. I'd like to be happy. I'd like to be happier, Bourdain tells his therapist during a trip to Argentina. I should be happy. I have incredible luck. I'd like to be able to look out the window and say, yay, life is good. When the therapist asked whether Bourdain ever feels that way, he replied without hesitation, no. Celebrity chef who was found dead in a France hotel room explained during the session that he'd experienced depression over something as minor as a bad burger. I will find myself in an airport, for instance, and I'll order a hamburger burger. Airport hamburger, he told the shrink. It's an insignificant thing. It's a small thing. It's a hamburger, but it's not a good one. Suddenly, I look at the hamburger, and I find myself in a spiral of depression that can last for days. That must be something clinical. Bourdain, who was 61 when he died, told a therapist about a reoccurring dream that he had involved him being stuck inside a Victorian-style hotel with endless rooms and hallways where he could never check out. He recalls wanting to go home during the dream, but never being able to remember where his home actually was. Oh. Yeah, right? Like, I always have dreams about being in hotels, but it's, oh, well, there's always struggle and strife, but it's like, I don't know, hotel is a common theme for people sometimes. But it, but mine always involve, like, being inside rooms. But if he's endless hallways, that's like, because you're never getting anywhere, right? Where you can't. Endless rooms and hallways where you can't check out. I feel like Quasimodo, the hunchback of Notre Dame. If he stayed in a nice hotel suites with high thread count sheets, that would be me, he told the therapist later in the episode. I feel kind of like a freak, and I feel very isolated. I communicate for a living, but I'm terrible with communicating with people I care about, he said. I'm good with my daughter. An eight-year-old is about my level of communication skills, so that works out. But beyond that, I'm really terrible. Wow. You kept it all in. 
but he was able to be himself so much on film. I felt like, isn't that weird when he was playing the part of himself, he was fine. But when he was being himself. Yeah, when the cameras were off. By that him. was difficult. Yeah. But I mean, and the thing is, like, he, the way he talks about it, like, even about his drug addiction and what right, have you. How he oh, gets, that stuff was good. Yeah, he seems very, he takes, it's very naked. Yeah. You know, so it, it's so funny, like, but it's almost, it's like comedians, though, too. You know, there's two sides. There's like, you know, some of the funniest people in the world are comedians, but when you get them off stage, they're fucking depressed. Sure. Yeah. A lot of comedians. There's a lot of, depressed. I mean, so there's yeah. like that two tone personality. Huh. You know, I mean, jeez. Uh, Bourdain did say, however, that he sometimes experiences spurts of happiness similar to the way he'd have brushes with sadness. I have a couple happy minutes where I'm thinking, ah, life is pretty good, Bourdain said. The chef also detailed how he plunged into a depressive episode during the filming of his trip to Sicily for the show in 2013. Bourdain was dismayed after he realized a bag of dead squid was dumped into the water surrounding him for an obviously staged scene. For some reason, I felt something snap, and I slide quickly into a spiral of near-hysterical depression. This is what it's come to. I'm thinking as another dead squid narrowly misses my head, Bourdain narrated, back in the same country almost a decade later, and I'm still desperately staging fishing scenes. <laughs> he got tragically depressed over a fishing scene. Is I, You know what this also sounds like? He was getting burnt out. Maybe. I think he was getting burned out. Yeah. That whole, the room, the hotel mm-hmm. thing, because he's been doing this for over... F- 15 long, long years time. like yeah. since like the early 2000s yeah yeah so and you know he hasn't he hasn't known what home is for, for the a long past time. yeah because he's just constantly so i can understand i can understand that you get burnt out and when you're constantly i mean this is your job right so i can understand why he would get he has a little girl at home that he can't see all the time right you know he can't have a stable family he's nothing everything's so unstable sure wow so little things like the squid get to him. Sure. And so, yeah. Wow. That's, he was getting burnt out, y'all. Yeah. Every, it's, well, that's the thing we got it. People have to take care of themselves. He said at that moment, he felt the closest he's ever come to a nervous breakdown. And quote, it took a long, long time after the end of this damn episode to recover. So it was to Sicily. Bourdain used the phrase spiral of depression as he did with the therapist during the episode in Sicily beyond his TV show as well. He said in a 2016 interview with NPR that there are certain foods such as something you'd get from a Johnny Rockets at the airport that make him question the future of the human race and sends me into a spiral of depression. I remember him saying that. Part, he's so funny. He was a really funny guy. I'm so words. glad he was such a good writer. Parts Unknown centered on Bourdain traveling across the globe to experience the food and culture of places near and far. The chef addressed his personal life in some episodes, including one where he went to a small town in Massachusetts to cover the opioid epidemic, where he addressed his own struggle with heroin addiction in the 80s. Mm. Bourdain had been working on a show in France when he died, according to CNN, which first reported his death parts unknown airs on the network oh god it's got to be so hard to see his episodes now it is i i watched um what's the one i watched uh jesus i can't even remember which one i watched i just wa- i watched one recently oh uh it was a uh, uh singapore 
I watched that oh, one. Oh, yeah. yeah. With the soup dumplings. Yeah. Yeah. I. I it's so sad. It's so fucking sad. sad. The, the, Why can't someone in this administration hang themselves? Come on. <laughs> S- somebody. Somebody. Somebody, please help. I know. It comes in threes. Uh, following. This is. You'll find this interesting because you, you work in the in- restaurant industry. Following Anthony Bourdain's suicide mental health in restaurant industry. Uh, focus. Uh, industry in focus this is a quote I hate and love talking about suicide Laura Green admitted to a group of food and beverage professionals Monday night it's a horrible thing to talk about and it's an important thing to talk about it's a scary thing for me to talk about because I want it represented in a way that's appropriate Green who recently earned her master's degree in community and clinical mental health counseling from DePaul University has worked in the restaurant industry for 15 years in response to the suicide of chef and TV personality Anthony Bourdain, among other losses, Green organized Monday's session to address topics pertinent to the industry, bar culture, alcohol and substance abuse, and healthy coping mechanisms. Well, we're all coming around here today. Green said she realized the importance of discussing mental health when she saw different levels of professional expectations when she was doing clinical work. I could show up to work as a bartender hungover, but I couldn't do that as a clinician. And that made me realize we had to work, we had work to do in the industry because why is it different? Green said. The entire culture in the industry needs to change, Green said. And one of the areas that needs the most attention is alcohol and substance abuse. Alcohol is used as currency, Green said. As Midwest spirit specialist for the Winebow Group, she's not advocating that people stop partying, but wants to encourage people to find alternatives for showing affection, getting through hard shift, or bonding. I mean, that's, that's alcohol does that, and with your own, yeah, and if you're a wine taster, yeah, or you're a you're a wine you're a bartender. Uh, Green told the crowd, a couple dozen in person, 200 via Facebook live stream, that she found herself drinking before, during, and after her shifts. You're building this awesome sense of community, but the trade-off is poisoning our bodies, Green said. You wake up hungover, and it just all starts again. You're already feeling depressed because alcohol is a depressant, and you're less able to cope the next night, and so it just starts to snowball. Yep, I've done that See, one. this is the funny thing about alcohol being a depressant. It's not a depressant while you're using it. It's a depressant after. after. It's like, so... It's but, like, it's a, but it also slows you down. It slows you, it down, slows you down your down. system. But the next day, like, it makes me feel bad and sad because I might not remember what I did, and then I feel badly about myself, and maybe I lost something, and I feel stupid, and I all that stuff that makes me depressed because I'm like, I'm a terrible. I get in a spiral of, I suck. I'm a bad, terrible person. But that's memories from the night before, or not memories from the night before, and then also just my body feeling terrible, and so that together makes me feel like a pile of shit. And so, if you do that all the time, and then, but that's the other thing, is what makes me feel better? A beer. <laughs> so, but, I understand that snowball, and, but I know why I drink. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really too easy, like we were talking about earlier, how to excessive working in this industry. And the, the, some great rewards, and then great friends, and relationships happen, and, you know, one night stands, because there's also the the meeting after work right where you all go out and you know they have industry nights for a reason because right, right. they bank on the fact of give them cheap alcohol they'll spend their whole tips yeah exactly because because you're used to getting yeah. it for free and that feeling of waking up all every day hungover 
working at a bar in Chicago. Mm. This is this is from the Chicago Tribune, by the way. Isn't oh, that funny? There you go. Instead of taking a shot during work to take the edge off interacting with a particularly rude customer, she suggested taking a deep breath and exhaling slowly. Instead of drinking to connect with other industry members, doing crafts or simply giving them a compliment could have the same effect. Community support is essential, and redefining Crafts. how people show one another appreciation is an important step in advocating for mental health. Crafts. <laughs> popsicle stick. That's, I kept things. thinking yeah, popsicle yeah. sticks. Thank you. Uh, popsicle stick <laughs> frames hey, do you wanna, with macaroni on would them. Would you like to take a 30 minute and do some popsicle frames? And yeah, we'll just make some crafts. All right. We'll make a frame out of um, bar, what are they? Bar out napkins, of coasters. Coasters, and yeah, bar, yeah. We'll make some coasters. We'll just do some origami with napkins. <laughs> Green also criticized the industry's glorification of busyness and being overworked, advising instead to praise team members who have taken a break. And the issues aren't just internal for the industry. It requires help from customers as well. There are people who are committed to the industry and the work, and they have feelings too, Green said. Green said customers need to do away with assumptions that bartenders are just working in the industry while they're in school or aspiring to be something else. Respecting the people whose goal is to serve and make sure you have a good time should be a given. Thank you. Addressing mental health within the restaurant industry isn't a new topic. Author and food writer Ruby Tanda and partner Leah Pritchard published Do What You Want, a zine about mental well-being last year. The one-off magazine addressed stigmas around mental health with stories from a number of contributors meant to normalize anxiety, depression, and others, but also to offer advice on seeking treatment. Another project, Chef with Issues, was founded by food writer and editor Kat Kinsman. The two-year-old website shares stories and resources for mental health in the food community. 600 more members have joined the Facebook group since last Friday, according to Kinsman. Please, good humans of the restaurant world, don't suffer in silence, she tweeted. We're here to listen. You are not alone. Miranda Breedlove, bar director of Good Fortune, said she attended Green's event because of recent deaths in the industry and wanted to keep the conversation moving. I think it was a really great start looking at it from the perspectives that there's no one answer and that we should start chipping away at this in a much broader sense, Breedlove said. Everybody is different. She hoped that the event would be the first of many discussions and create a sense of accountability. This is just the beginning, Green said. The work isn't over by any means, and I do hope that people left with, are left with more questions than resolutions. Well, I mean, it's good to talk about. That's, that's a great article. Yeah, that people, well, that people in the service industry are, that's a valid work. It's the same thing, what we were talking about earlier with like entitlement issues and expectations and there. Being in the service industry is a, it's a great career. It is. You're in service, you get great tips. You You get to have flexibility. Thank you. You get to show your personality. You get to interact with people. If these are all things that you're good at and you have a communications degree or whatever, it's a great choice. It is. It, it is. And the thing is, I'm glad that now it's starting to be taken as a legitimate kind of work because, you know, a lot of us are college graduates. Yeah. And we would be stupid to go to whatever degree and get paid less rather, you know, than, I mean, you make more money, basically. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, there's flexibility. There's fle- exactly flexibility. And you can work. I, one of my buddies, he's he works three days a week. Makes enough. 
Because his rent is so low because he's lived in the city for like 22 years or something ridiculous. But he's still okay. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. But he only has to work three days a week. And isn't that great? Because then you can actually do other things with your life. I used to, <laughs> I went back to school. I used to work three days a week at the bar in Chicago. Uh, but my hours were Wednesdays, 5 to 5, 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. Same on Fridays. And then Saturdays, 9 to 6 a.m. So, but those, th- those three days I worked balanced out. So the rest of the days I went back to school. Yeah. And then I still stayed. <laughs> and no, but, but you're educated and that's Yeah, the, exactly. That's I paid the, that, that the money I made from working there paid for school. Yeah, it's great. You, so I don't have like two, like my loans are outstanding. It's, I, it's, I, I, I hate the judgment that comes from people based on what you choose, how, how one other person chooses to live their life exactly. and to be judged and say like that that's, because we can't, no one can live each other's lives. Like, no, screw you. you don't know. And especially the, the jobs that are, that were once so professional ain't so professional when it comes to paying my student loans off or right. saving money student loans here's suicide contagion Ooh. right so there's this one uh, when news broke out that celebrity chef blah 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 Anthony Bourdain and and uh, Kate Spade uh, this person from uh, child psychology at uh, Columbia University named Madeline Gold, she says she studied suicide contagion for years and said research has shown that the phenomenon is real and suggests that media coverage of celebrity deaths in particular can influence those who are vulnerable or at risk and can lead to a spike in suicide rates. I can see that. Isn't that interesting? Well, they said the suicide rate has been going up. Well, this is a hard time to live in right now. The deaths of two high-profile people by suicide this week has much more of an impact than less well-known individuals, Gould said. Suicide rates across the country increased almost 10%, nearly 2,000 additional deaths after the death in 2014 of actor Robin Williams, according to a study published in the journal PLOS One in February. Williams, 63, hanged himself in his Northern California home. In the following months, following Marilyn Monroe's death on August 5th, 1962, a Center for Disease Control and Prevention study found that suicide rates jumped 12% in the United States compared to the previous year. For someone contemplating suicide, publishing details about the way someone killed themselves can be a triggering mechanism, said Doreen Marshall, vice president of programs at the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Who? This is crazy to me. Why? Wait, I shouldn't really be surprised, though. But I mean, it's like putting that together, though, is kind of wild. well, it, but it's saying like we are influenced by the media. And it's funny for years. I said, oh, people aren't influenced. Well, it's like we are completely influenced by what we see. And they oh, video games don't influence kids. It's not video. Of course they do. Everything I don't influences think it's video games. us. No, but everything influences us. Right. The media influences us. So if they're talking about Robin Williams, we're talking about all this stuff and other people are like, well, fuck it if they're done I'm fucking done and uh, that's like what so it's I mean we need to talk about mental health issues we need to talk about I mean or the other side which is there's already too many people and if you want to kill yourself fuck (laughs) off and kill yourself like more water for the rest of us I mean I know it's heartless and shit but like there are there is the anti-humanism thing that says kill yourself save the planet you know like if we want the world to keep going we need to have less people so well that's why more bad people like people that work in the government who the certain administrations need to off themselves natural selection <laughs> natural I'm selection. still standing by that this is yeah the details can fill in the picture she said the death of a high profile figure can make matters more difficult because of the extensive coverage it brings 
such as the kind that followed Bourdain's death on Friday. He died of an apparent suicide at his hotel room in eastern France where he was filming a segment for Parts Unknown. Hanging yourself. The impact feels much closer when it's someone in the public eye because we feel we know them and can make assumptions about their life. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely true. I felt that way. Marshall said, The deaths of Bourdain and Spade, who died at her Manhattan home on Tuesday, the same week, that a CDC report found that the suicides have increased by more than 30% since 1999 in half the states and is now the country's 10th leading cause of death. Damn. Interesting. It's in the top 10. In 2016, nearly 45,000 Americans, 10 or older, died by suicide, according to the CDC. That's interesting. 10, 10 or, or older. older. That's... Oh. What 10-year-old kills themselves? Uh, a lot of them from being bullied... Really? Yeah. Ten oh, years old? There have been, dude, there have been some, yeah. That really is some hardcore shit. We're going to look that up in a second. Yeah. The CDC report also found that 54% of people who died by suicide did not have a known diagnosed mental health condition at the time of their death. Experts recommended journalists stay away from sensationalist headlines and avoid discussing graphic details when covering suicides, especially those of celebrities or high-profile figures. Gould said reporters can help minimize the risk of suicide contagion by discussing messages of resilience and hope in their stories to encourage people to seek help. Checking in with loved ones is also a good idea, Gould said, and opening a line of communication that might otherwise not have been there. There is help. There is the right medicine and the right therapy. Uh, wow. So the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available 24 hours a day, and you can call at 1-800-273-8255. I bet you that shit was blowing up last week. <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I bet you there's. I bet you the suicide rate's going to really increase more. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Suicide trends among persons aged 10 to 24 years. Ooh, this is from the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report, the MMWR from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Suicide trends among persons aged 10 through 24 years. Why would you start with 10 years old with suicide? Because there have been 10 year olds that have been killing themselves, baby. This is... Uh, this doesn't this doesn't help me because it's difficult to read because it's uh, jibber jar girl but let's let's <laughs> see this this is here we go this is a article about a 10 year old investigation into whether 10 year old Boston girl killed herself mm. this is from 2010 Jesus the Boston school uh, come on ABC News I'm just like it, it's, it's hard to wrap my brain around. I know it's so. It's really sad. I, I just. It's just because a ten-year-old would have like parent. Like you talk to your parents when you're still you're ten. If you have or, your parents. Oh, okay. But if your teacher, like you still, when you're ten, you still like trust your teachers and shit. Uh, it says, did bullying lead to eleven-year-old suicide? Yep. The Boston school attended by a ten-year-old girl who apparently committed suicide is investigating whether bullying played a role in the mm -hmm. child's death. Because the initial report of the apparent suicide, we, of course, jumped right in and started to talk to the principal about the student's history and their relationships with other students in her school. Little will be known about the circumstances of the fourth grader's death. Fourth grade. Wow. Yeah. Bullying, yeah. That's, I think that's where it really mostly starts. Tuesday, it, the girl who had not been named was found by her mother in their Alston apartment Tuesday evening hanging by a scarf. So that's a suicide. It appears she was to be a hanging. It appears to be a suicide. 
Flynn declined to comment on what motiv- motivated the girl. It's a 10 year old girl, so she's very sensitive. Uh, wow. Kids are cruel, man. Here's another one. 10-year-old dies in apparent suicide. Carl Joseph Walker Hoover, the Massachusetts boy, hanged himself from a railing in his home after leaving a note behind declaring his love for his mother and aunt. Carl's mother said that while it's unclear what may have motivated the 10-year-old girl, it's shocking to hear about an apparent suicide of a child so young. I, I just... I, this is what they say. I think suicide is an impulsive act, and I think that the generations now, they're in so much more aware and smarter than previous generations. They have access to social networking sites and computers and the internet. They're very savvy about finding out information, whether it's unfortunately how to commit suicide or even sex. Wow. Yeah, man. I just... You weren't even thinking about suicide when you were 10. No, yeah. no. Exactly, because it's a different time. Like, I was. I didn't start thinking about suicide till I was thirteen, fourteen. Sure, so it well, took me a couple more years. Sure, a couple but, more but years. Ten but years old, I do recall being ten. Wait, like the innocence of being ten. You're like. You're still going outside to play. Right. Exactly. You're still riding. You still your, think Chuck E. Cheese is fun? Yeah. You might get a training bra. Yeah, right. But, <laughs> but then I you're mean, too embarrassed to let anybody know about it. But I do it. remember getting bullied. And I do f- recall yeah. starting to have a low self-esteem about myself and not sure. think I was pretty. But the thought of that, uh, I didn't think about that until a couple years later on. You know, This is crazy. Ugh. Suicide prevention, children aged 10 to 19 years. This is from the Department of Health in New York. Uh how do I know if, if my teen is at risk for suicide? The following factors may increase the risk of suicide or attempted suicide. However, these risk factors do not always lead to a suicide. Depression and other mental disorders or substance abuse disorder and often combined with mental disorders. That's pretty feeling hopeless or worthless. Feeling Previous suicide attempts. Physical illness. Feeling detached and isolated from friends, peers, and family. Family history of suicide, mental illness, or depression. Family violence, including physical or sexual abuse. Access to a weapon in the home. Knowing someone with suicidal behavior, such as a family member, friend, or celebrity. Uh. Coping with being gay in an unsupported family, community, or hostile school environment. Incarceration, part-time in prison. Uh, Yeah, that's like all the things. Like, duh, that's pretty much like bad shit happening in in life. (laughs) You're like, they didn't say like whininess or anything. Um, (laughs) What are the warning signs? I want to see what divorce. Oh, actually divorce, I guess would be with family, family stuff. Yeah. How can I help a teen who is thinking or talking about suicide? Do not ignore these warning signs. Talk openly with your child and express concern, support and love. If your child does not feel comfortable talking to you, suggest that he or she talk to a trusted friend or family member, pastor, minister, blah, 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 blah. Do not leave your teen alone. Interesting. If you think they're suicidal, don't leave them alone. Remove the objects your child might use to harm him or herself. Make sure your teen does not have access to guns, other possible weapons or medications. Yeah. Yeah. The guns too, because now if kids are like bullied and they're going to be like, well, I'm going to kill myself anyway. So I'm going to take some of these assholes out with me. Then we get a ton of school shootings. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So children with access to guns, that's bad. But I mean, that's with anyone that has a gun in the house, period, yeah. sometimes. I mean, ugh. 
It doesn't, that their suicide prevention stuff is not very helpful. No. Let's, we should call the 1 800 number. Yeah. One day. <laughs> I, I'm just, I didn't call that shit when I felt suicidal. No. My mom just no. told me to get over it. And that hurt me even more. <laughs> that even did more damage. Well, I, I mean, the concept that we, we have 10 year olds feeling profound sadness says something about, and we're supposed to be like our culture. Well, yeah, we're supposed to be the most advanced or the richest or the most entitled country in the world. And we have 10, we, we have statistics on 10 year old suicides. Like that's, pretty fucking sad pretty sad it's and a lot of it is with cyberbullying. Yes. i mean that that's like a big issue seriously I, I i can't imagine what it would be like now to be a 10 year old with an iphone when you I have access to all the like all the bullshit stuff like i mean exposed like there's so much gross stuff out there there's so there's just so much stuff out there and if you don't have the concept of a critical eye or you don't know how to sift through the garbage or you don't know how to search for Mm -hmm. and there's people that want you to see gross and terrible things they're like prayed after you know they're like i don't totally no no you're no i you're on point girl i mean seriously like because 10 is like it's not like how we were 10 years old 10 is like there's a lot of shit that 10 year olds have to take on and within the world around them because they're so exposed to everything so yeah. early now so the, and they're still not developed in the mind to right, know right, right. and that's the thing and that's the scary thing like my grandparents thought your generation's gonna be fast oh buddy <laughs> <laughs> boy no i mean it's it's i mean and then you have 11 year olds 12 year olds that 10 year olds that are starting to expose themselves to sex Though there were a couple people in my neighborhood that are in 11 years old, I, I know that did some stuff. I looked up a thing. What'd you find? I looked up what is the right age to give a child an iPhone. <laughs> and I found how old, my question was, how old before I give my child an oh, iPhone? Single digits. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what they recommend versus what normal people recommend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I think that if you, you if, if you're 11, if your 13 year old doesn't have one at this point, they're going to be mercilessly made fun of. People um, get bullied for that shit. Yeah. Yeah, they get yeah. bullied for it. Um, but I don't think a 10 year old should have an iPhone. You I, listen, he, he, that little 10 year old get a little flip phone, a little burner phone. That's what you get. Right. I mean, that should <laughs> I, they just. I, I'm trying to look for it. And it's not. Like, what's the right age for parents? To it doesn't want to say. Yeah, it's hidden. It, yeah, it wants to. I don't understand the internet. Like it's, they clickbait you, and but that doesn't bring you anywhere. I'm like, just give me the answer. Give me the goddamn answer. Well, it, well, it doesn't matter it anyway. Doesn't matter. I don't think that we should give them the reason why because, you know, they'll find out. I mean, I remember ten years being ten years old and finding out things that I shouldn't have found out from my other peers or cousins or overhearing something from the right. adults. So. 10-year-old's going to find out if they have an iPhone or not an iPhone. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but it's I just, mean, the it's, world is out there, and it's a dangerous, gross place. It's sad. You know, it's sad but that they... I mean, but then but then it means you, that people who decide to be parents need to be actively involved in the parenting of their children because otherwise, 
someone, the, the internet will take over. I mean, TV, I think TV did a lot for my generation of like mm-hmm. growing up and knowing or thinking what certain, certain things are supposed to be like. But now that yeah. there's so much information. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have, we didn't the, have the internet. We didn't have the internet. And when I first got access to the internet, when it was like beta testing on this chat thing, there were people that were talking. I was like in sixth grade typing things and I thought boys were cute and there were people saying terrible things even then, then like at the beginning yeah. of the internet in the little green letters in the little green letters <laughs> they were still like talking about dirty stuff. dirty things dirty yeah dirty things we what was the uh there was like this chat line right the chat stuff yeah yeah there was like at&t and it was you and signed like, on and we had a, we had the mac thing that was tall and looked like a square and had a square screen yeah. and had the little with green letters the, i remember that the floppy floppy disks and when then when the discs got harder when I was in college and I was like oh wow these are fancy but yeah oh, I mean the we live is in the future like if, if you're already getting exposed to that you know back in the 80s man the exposure of things as being a child now is just incredible like you honestly have to grow up really quickly yeah you and that's the you can't enjoy your childhood because your childhood's so short. Yeah, it's so short, and you can't. Well, even now enjoy if, that. if now if children are c- committing suicide when they're ten, they're obviously their childhood is super super short. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I thought, oh, when kids are in high school, or you know, when you finally get your, your childhood is over when you're a freshman in high school. That's I mean, you're still a kid, but you don't think you're a kid. You're not anymore. a kid. You're able to know right from wrong, and yeah, you know pretty much. Yeah, definitely. But, you, but you're still a little asshole. Right. But you think the thing when you're in high school, you're like, I'm. Especially I'm, if you're a girl, you're a little bit more mature. I'm mature. Yeah, I'm yeah. fine. You're still a kid, but you're you. But you're a little but asshole. That, so it's like, but childhood. I think you at least get to, you should get to your 12. You're in fourth grade when you're what? Third and fourth? No, fourth sure. and fifth grade. You're 10. Sure. So you're not even at junior high. You right. don't really get to experience what really bullying is being about. Because junior high is a ugh, yeah. worst part of my lifetime. That's when you really start thinking about suicide. <laughs> <laughs> but well, but I mean, the thing is like just about you're in fourth grade and you you just started learning cursive, damn it. <laughs> I I always I wrote in cursive when I started when I was like seven, but that's okay. Different different strokes for different folks. Uh, I didn't learn cursive when I was in fourth grade, did I? Is it second grade? I oh, fourth grade would be more like division. No, algebra, algebra. Yeah, you started to learn algebra in fourth grade. Damn. Solve for x. Uh, while we close it up here on the AltaCast, uh, what was what was the worst bullying that you remembered? Was it the pulling the hair? Was it the, was it, do you have any specific uh, re- remembrances? Think, yes, I do. Uh, there was the boy Josh, uh, this the racism bully. Oh. Uh, so this was when I was in fourth grade and I kept winning at Foursquare and Joshua was a little at racist asshole anyway. And so like basically I won and he pushed me on the ground and called me a nigger and tried to choke <gasps> me out. And then he wrote uh, Latoya's a nigger on the wall and what have you. Uh, what? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, this is when I was 10. <laughs> that was a side of like learning how to grow up and sit, knowing your world oh around my you. Gosh. So I guess I can kind of understand being 10. Uh, but oh, so. That's crazy. Basically, he didn't understand how much power my grandparents had. 
and was kicked out of all the Catholic schools in the whole state. Mm, good. Because so, that's... You know, I, that nigga's probably dead, probably from meth or something. I'll never forget that boy's face, Josh. I'll never forget him. So That is, a, that is oh, an Oh, and then another personal favorite one was when I was a, uh, 12, 13. The boy I had a crush on, I was watching this popular high, uh, game and I had a fake po- phony pony uh-huh. at the time because yeah, it's the early 90s. Sure. He pulls it off <gasps> and the whole auditorium starts laughing at me. Oh, that is so. That nigga bullying. is in jail, TJ oh, well, Huddleston. Uh, I'll never forget him. But yeah, I used to get bullied all the time. But I got they my were revenge. All though. jealous. That's what my mom used to say. They're just jealous, Pamela. And I was like, they can't all. How can you say that all the time? I, 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 what, what is some that, of them what are? Some of them are just mean people. It's just, I, I mean, mean, I was. But some of them people, I the, think, were the just. problem. The funny thing was that the things that I was bullied about were ridiculous things, and it shouldn't have bothered me because it was all about money. I mean, I was mercilessly made fun of because I wore palmetto jeans instead of guest jeans. Palmettos are the shit. But, but they both were zippered. They both had zippers on the bottom. You didn't and have they, the patch. Well, no, they did. They both had upside down triangles, triangle. like a. But palmettos were fake guest jeans, and people would mercilessly make fun of me in You didn't grade. spend like $85 on your guests? No, because I only spent like $30 on, on them, but palmettos. they weren't good enough. And then I do remember being 16, and my parents bought me a brand new Hyundai, and I loved that car, and people made fun of me because it wasn't a BMW. They're like, look at your shitty-ass car. I'm like, it's a brand new car. Like, what the fuck right. is wrong with Girl, you people? you would have got ate up if you wore some Katanos. And like, I was, yeah. <laughs> You would have well, got burnt. The, the concept that the concept that I that I'm seriously sad and super bummed out about Class. purely materialistic things in a place where I had a car. I was driving a brand new 1991 Hyundai Scoop, That's and people dope. made fun of me because it wasn't a BMW. Well, fuck you, rich people, and let it that it bothered me. That it bothered me to the point where I was like really felt sick that i wasn't good enough because of my clothes like but what that's being a teenager though i know but it's so insane to me but you know what's sad is when people don't grow up out of that right they're still assholes our age that still act like that right they think all this materialistic bullshit is going to yeah i mean that i get where you're coming from because i had to deal with the fact like I wanted to spend money on my Nautica and my guests, and I yes, I was part of the guest gene generation. I had to get me a pair. Oh, I, if I didn't get a pair, I wasn't shit. I loved those little short jean skirts in the late '80s, early '90s that were guests. They were yeah. just darling. They darling. And I short. wish I still had one. Actually, I could never wear things that short anymore. But I loved those. Yeah, so that, that shit was the shit. But just think about how f- we come from petty stuff yeah. to people still being petty. Yeah, absolutely. And this is why people want to kill themselves. (laughs) Petty. People are petty. (laughs) That is the story of the day. Well, yeah. It's... But, I'm mean, trying to become a better person every day. Yeah. Every, that's all you have to say. You don't do you. I mean, the thing is, you don't do anything to be a dick. I hope not. No. Oh, but that, sometimes when I got drunk, I don't know. I yeah, might. Well, be, maybe you should start recording yourself during the. That's fifth, right. We'll find fifth. out. <laughs> I'm gonna. How about this? I'm gonna try not to. Everybody, come on uh, Wednesdays to Forty Ounces to Freedom, the AA meeting here at Mutiny Radio, eight thirty. Uh, I, I might be showing up to these. So it's tonight. Uh, no, actually, I have a show in Oakland tonight. So. Sorry, won't be here. But uh, I mean, you know, keep your shit together, everybody. Get a backpack. (laughs) Get your shit together. Put it in the backpack. Keep the backpack with you. 
Let's get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a visual of that. <laughs> Taking all the shit, put it in a backpack. And, and zip Wear that shit backpack. up. Just Wear the up. backpack. Don't lose the backpack. Zip it up. Zip it up. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us on the AltaCast. Uh, we'll see you next week here Yay. on Beauty Radio. Yay! Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> hey, everybody. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground Comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to ten p.m. And I laugh because five dollars—I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or 
You can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. Yeah. secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. They're more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. We've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shot. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. All right, everybody. Hey, we're getting ready for the Sparkcast right now here at Spark. Super excited. Every Tuesday from 8 to 9 here at their Mission location tonight, we have Warhol Kaufman, Annette Mullaney, Clay Newman, 
Very excited. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. We're going to get started here at Spark. In just a second. Yay! Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> hey, everybody. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need.